Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. It is October... It's October 11th, and we all know what that means. It's the last day of Fat Bear Week. This one. Alaska's Katmai National Park celebrates brown bears bulking up for winter hibernation by letting enthusiasts vote on their favorite fat bear in a March Madness-style bracket and even watch the hefty contenders via a live bear cam. That bear cam can get pretty raunchy. I've heard some contenders even go bottomless. Oh, no. Oh, no, rabbit, I'm stuck. Oh, no. But sometimes... Folks, something is different this Fat Bear Week. Usually, bears don't socialize with each other. But this time, two fat bears have formed a friendship which experts say is groundbreaking. There are two mothers with a single cub each who are also sisters who've been playing, resting, and fishing for salmon together. Hold on, fat bear best friends. (laughs) Sisters who are raising their cubs together? They stole the plot of my new sitcom, Grin and Bear It. This is CBS. That's Kevin James. That's Kevin James in one of those bear suits. Wow. Impressive. That's not the only fat bear news I've been following. See, this year, one of the top two contenders is former champion 747, a.k.a. Cole Bear. Yeah. Yeah. Dig it. A name inspired by the ear's imperfection he shares with Stephen Colbert. Oh, yeah, thanks for, uh... Thanks for bringing up my ear. Yeah. I almost forgot for one brief moment that my head is deformed. (laughs) See that? Like that? Look at that? Look at that. Beautiful. Hideous. Beautiful. Hideous. Hey, how are you doing? Hope you didn't just eat. (laughs) On the plus side, I can do this. Can a bear do that? <laughs> Suck a salmon, bear. <laughs> now, Colbert is obviously a shoe-in, which is why I am shocked to announce he was the target of election fraud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On Sunday, my boy went up against Bear 435, Holly, who seemed like she was going to win until Katmai National Park tweeted, Fat Bear Week scandal. Like bears stuff their face with fish, our ballot box, too, has been stuffed. It appears someone has decided to spam the Fat Bear Week poll. Stop the steal! Stop the steal! Stop the steal! Wow. Wow. I get it now. That's really satisfying to hear. I got a little... I got chills. (laughs) 
Luckily, this fraud was uncovered. The votes were adjusted, and the official winner of Sunday's matchup was 747 Colbert with 37,940 votes. We did it! Four more bears! Four more bears! Four more bears! Four more bears! Today, today was the final vote, and the winner is... Do we have the results? We don't have the results. Why don't we? Because we do the show early and the voting goes till 9 p.m. on the East Coast. Normally, we do the show a little bit earlier. And this, why, are we live? Why aren't we live? It's election night. <laughs> it's Fat Bear Week election night. <laughs> Could we be live? Let me check if we're live. <laughs> Did they bleep that? They bleeped that? I guess so. Probably. All right. I guess we're not live. <laughs> so anyway, that's our coverage of Fat Bear Week. Uh, I wanted to start the show with something light, because the headlines out there are a little, uh, nuclear. You see, the war in Ukraine continues to escalate as Vladimir Putin keeps getting kicked in the stroganoff. Russia <laughs> has been lashing out at Ukraine for destroying their, uh, their bridge. And they're also coming after the U.S. for supporting Ukraine. Yesterday, they launched a devastating cyber attack, temporarily taking down several airport websites. Oh, no! <laughs> Not our airport websites. <laughs> First thing I do every morning is check my email and then go straight to LaGuardiaAirport.com. <laughs> I don't know. I need to know... I need to know the hours of the Terminal B Wetzel's pretzels. <laughs> Russia's not the only one trying to scare the world because North Korea says their recent missile tests involved tactical nuclear drills. For the record, news media is saying that their tactical nukes doesn't make them any less terrifying. You're still making all of us drop a preemptive deuce in our tactical pants. <laughs> the drills were overseen by North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un, and he did it with style. Here he is cosplaying as, as Diane Keaton in the latest Nancy Myers movie. It's, it's complicated. Uh, let's see what you did there. Kim. Midterms are what? What do we weigh? How many weeks? Four weeks. We're four weeks away from the midterms, and Ohio voters. Uh, this midterms. They're going to have to decide whether they're like Republican venture capitalist and baby you glued a beard on for Halloween. <laughs> J.D. Vance. Vance won the nomination after being embraced by the former president, who gave him this ringing endorsement last month. J.D. is kissing my ass. He wants my support. <laughs> J.D., if you want to do that, you're going to have to squeeze in next to Lindsey Graham, because <laughs> those two... <laughs> those two, those two are like a couple of puppies fighting over a teat. <laughs> Luckily, there's plenty of ass to go around. <laughs> well, last night, last night Vance faced off in his first and only debate against his opponent, Democratic Congressman Tim Ryan, seen here playing the air hoagie. <laughs> Ryan made sure no one forgot just how much of a groveler Vance is. I think the problem is. When you have guys like J.D. Vance who can't stand up to anybody. I'm for Ohio. I don't kiss anyone's ass like him. Ohio needs an ass kicker. 
not an ass kisser. Well said. Well said, Tim Ryan. And the important thing is, whoever wins, Ohio Senator will do something with an ass. <laughs> but perhaps no one, perhaps no one made J.D. Vance look more out of touch than J.D. Vance. Here he is criticizing federal decriminalization of marijuana. We got to be careful here not to be soft on crime because a lot of times you'll hear somebody thrown in prison for smoking a joint. If you look at the underlying charge, you'll see it wasn't just that they smoked a joint, it's that they smoked a joint and then beat an elderly woman over the head with a pistol. Oh, yeah. A lot of times. A lot of times you read that. I read that every day. Weed marijuana famously leads to all kinds of violent crimes. Grand theft, nacho, <laughs> reckless engigglement, conspiracy to commit to a whole season of planet Earth. <laughs> right after the midterms, there's going to be another big day. It's going to be Joe Biden's birthday when he'll turn 80 years old, making him the first president to become an octogenarian while in office. The White House has a little bit of a problem here because oldest president ever not the kind of record you want to be setting. It's right up there with Grover Cleveland's record for longest presidential fingernails. <laughs> so, the White House is playing down this milestone. According to administration sources, you shouldn't expect a blowout birthday bash, which is just what you say when you're planning a surprise party. <laughs> oh, it's going to be hot. There's going to be senior citizen throwdown. We're talking insure stands, low-cut shawls, and shots, shots, shots. COVID flu and shingles. <laughs> Tonight we're gonna party. Tonight we're gonna party. Tonight we're gonna party. Tonight we're gonna party because you're almost 99. Thank you very much. <laughs> Interpretive. We here at The Late Show want to make our octogenarian president look young and vibrant, so we've developed a new technology to enhance the appearance of any senior's vigor, introducing youth-restoring energetic sound effects. Jim? We got a great show for you tonight. More Late Show Pod Show after this. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seems like there's always news about former New York mayor and... and scarecrow you made from stuff you found on Grandpa's Nightstown. Rudy Giuliani. Rudy was the leaky face of the ex-president's attempt to overthrow the 2020 election. And now, according to testimony to the January 6th committee, we're learning he was visibly drunk and erratic on election night. 
Of course, Rudy refuted that, tweeting, I am disgusted and outraged at the outright lie. I refused all alcohol that evening. My favorite drink, Diet Pepsi. <laughs> Which is exactly what someone would say when they are completely hammered. <laughs> and thanks to his work with the former president, Rudy's now in a mess of legal trouble. The January 6th committee has issued subpoenas seeking other conspirators' communications with him. He's a target of the criminal investigation into election interference down in Georgia. And later this month, lawyers in Washington will hold a hearing on stripping Rudy Giuliani of his D.C. law license. Which... <laughs> which is the least upsetting combination of the words Rudy Giuliani and stripping. <laughs> Even worse for Rudy, the head of that hearing turned down his request to truncate the proceedings to allow him to host his daily radio show, even though, according to Rudy's team, it's currently his only source of income. But Rudy isn't letting his financial troubles keep him down. In fact, he was recently spotted partying in a Times Square bar. And I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed. We're right here at the north end of Times Square. I just wish Rudy had checked in with me while he was here. And... <laughs> I'm being told that he's doing that right now. Please welcome to the Wait Late Show the ex-president's ex-lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. Good evening. Good. Good evening, Mr. Mayor. That's an outright lie. What is? Whatever you said. I deny your allegations that I'm partying in Times Square while the feds close in. Well, I, I never made that accusation, but you are clearly in Times Square. Well, of course I am. It's where real New Yorkers go to eat real New York bubblegum shrimps <laughs> and, and watch the ball drop, drop every night on New York Eve. <clears throat> Start spreading the news. Okay, so I, 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 I see you're still drinking wine. What? No! Outright lie! This is just my favorite drink, Diet Pepsi. <laughs> The rainbow. <laughs> okay, uh, Mr. Former Mayor, so I have to ask about your legal troubles. You are the target of multiple investigations into your efforts to overturn the 2020 election with wild conspiracy theories. That's just what they want you to think. In fact, I'm being pursued by an AI program on Hunter Biden's laptop that secretly controls voting machines to elect President Liz Cheney, which is short for lizard person Cheney. No, it's not. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, making that kind of evidence-free allegation in the court is the reason that later this month you could quite possibly lose your license to practice law. Outright law! Outright lie! I... <laughs> uh, no! Law! Lie! No! Law! Lie! I don't practice law. No rehearsals. I just get out there and improvise. <laughs> I'm a jazz attorney. Hit it, Lewis! Stolen ballots. Marshall Law. Thank you, Lewis.
that was... <laughs> I, got, I gotta say, that was actually pretty good. Well, uh, then don't forget to teach, Susan. I'm out here in Times Square dropping stats for cash. <laughs> also, sometimes I sing jazz. All right, Mr. Former Mayor, speaking of your finances, is it true that your only source of income is now your radio show? Outright lie. They're also true. That's why I'm proud to announce that this interview, like my radio show, is brought to you by MailChimp. You can't sell ad space on my show. Anyway, why would you be sponsored by the marketing platform MailChimp? No, 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 not that MailChimp. I'm talking about a MailChimp. Yeah. His name is Beans. He's a chimpanzee at the Bronx Zoo. Gives me 10% of his bananas in exchange for legal advice. I, I... I, I've, got, I've got to say, sir, it's hard to see the man who was once America's mayor fall so hard. You're under investigation, you're shilling on the radio, clearly drinking heavily. You do not seem well. How, outright lie, Sharon. Oh, I've, I've never been healthier. I just had my physical, and they said my liver was too big to fail. Really? I... Really? Sir, I don't really think that that's the... It's true! Just ask my personal physician, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, everybody. Coming up, John Lithgow. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. My first guest tonight is the Emmy and Tony Award-winning actor you know and love from The Crown, Bombshell, Terms of Endearment, and so much more. Please welcome back to The Late Show, your friend and mine, John Lithgow, everybody. <laughs> Wonderful to see you. Great nice to, to have back. you out here. We just had uh, Rudy Giuliani out here. Did you run into him backstage? You know, it's amazing. Every time I've been here, he's been in the next dressing room. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. He's got a thing. He's, he seems to be a super fan of yours. I'm a magnet. Um, uh, it's always wonderful uh, to see you. You've, you've, we've been always. so lucky to have you so many times over the years. It's been great. Thank you so much for, uh, for being such a frequent guest. You know, it, it's a funny thing, Stephen... I feel like we've become old friends, and yet every word we've said to each other has been witnessed by millions and millions of people. I know. It's, it's a little of... weird. You're, you are one of my favorite people to have on. I always feel like I'm just sitting down with a, with a buddy. I really and feel yet like it's we're all old been friends. documented. But I do have a, a terrifying fantasy mm -hmm. of you and I actually having lunch alone together and discovering that we don't really like each other. <laughs> 
It's like, where's all the Only laughter? one way to find out. Where, well... <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, lunch alone together, but we'll set up a camera. Yes, sure, exactly. <laughs> and then we'll be, then we'll be at our most... Well, we, uh, our, yeah. our best behavior we will in that be, moment. We will be recorded earlier. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, right. yes. Um, yeah, okay. I, I am a fan not only of your acting, uh, um, uh, but your writing, your poetry, your music. You know, I've got, I've got, I've, I've got your albums. Yes, yes. And you, you, uh, but you, if that wasn't enough, all those things to your credit. Now you're adding director. Mm -hmm. You are directing uh, Doug McGrath's one-man show. Everything's fine. There we go. At the Daryl Roth here in New York City. Yes, yes. Okay. Here's the thing, which I find surprising. You, this is your first time you're directing in 45 years. That's right. Yeah. Why? Why you did you did direct before? I actually years ago? started out more as a director than an actor. Why? What happened? What drove you off your? I your finally path? became a successful actor. And, oh, I suppose and that was I, paying the bills. And it dawned on me that I I like acting a lot more than directing. Directing, you're just worrying all the time until it's actually done. You're responsible for every, about 50 people minimum, whereas an actor is not responsible for anything at all. And you only get applause, if you're lucky, you get applause on opening night, and people, that's it. People don't even know who you are. And if you show up two, years a, two weeks after the opening night with notes, they pay absolutely no attention to you. <laughs> Your old history, you know, it's ours now. And I know that feeling because I'm an actor. <laughs> oh, what do you like about directing? Well, I do love actors. I love acting and I love actors. And I, I do feel that as an actor, I do have one other way to, to guide them and help them. Mm -hmm. uh, You've I, been through it. I've been through it. I mean, it's an interesting thing. I, I, by now, I've worked with at least 200 directors. Mm -hmm. Directors tend to have only work with one, himself or herself. Mm. And, uh, and therefore, you know, I'm, by now I'm a, I'm a sort of connoisseur. I've been able to pick and choose mm -hmm. what I like. Well, p different directors have different styles. Completely I mean, and, do, is there a, I'm not going to ask you to name your favorite director unless you want to. There have been so many great directors, but an awful lot of total turds. <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> Do go on. They're the ones I won't name. <laughs> Is there a favorite note that you've gotten? You know, I think my favorite note came from uh, a, a young director named Ira Sachs. He directed a beautiful little film I did a few years ago with Fred Molina called Love is Strange. Mm -hmm. And his constant note to both of us was, now, no acting. And at first, Fred and I, who are both completely excessive theater actors, mm -hmm. our response was, well, what do you think we do? <laughs> but very soon, it dawned on me just what Ira uh -huh. was after. I mean, yes. it was the most un unelaborated, honest and simple acting I think I've ever done. It's one of my favorite act uh, performances. We have to take a quick break, but stick around because we'll be right back with more Mr. John Lithgow, everybody. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com.
Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more. And Late Show Pod Show listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Hey, everybody. We're back here uh, with John Lithgow. John, have you done much Shakespeare? I certainly did when I was young, because my father was a Shakespeare producer. Yeah, oh, he so that's create... how you came by it. Yeah. Because uh, I was wondering, one of my questions was, here, here you are. This is, this is young John Lithgow in kindergarten. Yeah. And I was going to ask, how did this guy become that guy? Uh, other than through entropy. Age does... <laughs> age performs miracles. Actually, yes. I, I had already had my first performance before that was taken. What was it? I was one of Nora's children in a doll's house Whoa. when I was about two years old. My father, in fact, played my own father. And I don't remember a single thing about the experience, but I'm told I was very good. <laughs> so that was, I was off to a When did you time. realize you liked it? I think it, I, I was a big campus star at college. And I think I, there was one particular number in a Gilbert and Sullivan opera where I stopped the show and the audience would not stop applauding. They, they simply wouldn't let the show go on. Literally, what, was the, what was the show? Utopia Limited. I don't know that by one. By Gilbert and Sullivan, their least known operetta. And I stood there just like looking at them and saying, when are you going to stop? <laughs> and they didn't stop. And I thought, I'm going to become an actor. You know, I mean, it just doesn't get better. Very few jobs involve people clapping for you for extended periods of time. Exactly. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, please. 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 John, let's go, everybody. Thank you. When are you going to stop? Thank you. I'm with will them. You, I'm will, with you them. Go, will you go with me everywhere, John Lithgow? Um, what do you think makes for a good performer? What do you give to your actors as you direct to them? How do you pull that out of them? Well, this has been a very interesting experience, which we will talk about. But uh, Doug McGrath is more a writer than an actor. So in many cases, I was just helping him with very rudimentary ideas that he was so responsive to, like always let them see your th what you're thinking. Like, if, if, if you're talking about one thing and soon you will go on to talk about a cup of coffee, look at that coffee and then go to the coffee. Let them see you think of it. Something as simple as that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually a wonderful process to go through. Uh, I don't want to oversell it. Go ahead. But this... <laughs> This Greatest show, play ever written. This show is a gem. It's a piece of ch chamber theater. Doug is an urbane and witty New Yorker, but he grew up in Midland, Texas. And he tells a story from his 14th year in eighth grade, mm -hmm. a formative story in his life. The story is about Texas and his family, but mainly it's about a very crazy and complicated entanglement with a, an eighth grade history teacher. We've been doing it in previews for two weeks, and people are loving th this show. You and Evie have got to go down to the DR2 theater and 
and I include all of you in this. <laughs> it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a little 99-seat theater. I, it, it opens in two days. When people find out about this, it's going to be impossible get, to get in. So get your tickets, act now, and, and don't tell anybody about it. <laughs> That's how I've chosen to sell it. Fair enough, fair enough. Play hard to get. <laughs> John, it was lovely to see you. <laughs> Tickets to Everything's Fine are available at everythingsfineplay.com. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hi, I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Dr. Naomi Bernstein. And we want to tell you about Calm the F*** Down, a guided meditation series from the Oversharing Podcast. This is something we've been planning for a long time. It's our most requested segment from the podcast. And these meditations are going to be between five and 10 minutes. They're going to be super quick because we don't have a lot of time. You're going to be so surprised how five to 10 minutes of really thoughtful meditations can transform your whole life. In addition to the first four meditations available at launch, we'll be doing two new meditations every single month. Plus, for the fans of Oversharing Podcast out there, you'll also get ad-free versions of every episode of the Oversharing Podcast. So if somebody wants to become a subscriber, how do they join? It's so easy. You just go to subscribe.betches.com and sign up now for only $4.99 a month. Or you can lock in our discounted rate if you sign up for the whole year. That's subscribe.betches.com. Or if you're in the Apple Podcast app, you can just hit the subscribe button now and sign up in the app. It's as easy as that.